Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 88, Dealing with Insecurities. It's January 20th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and podcaster. I'm also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moscovich. Dealing with insecurities, what a great topic. Well, I personally have uh, several insecurities. Most people do. Some people will admit to them. Some people pretend that they don't have any, which is fine. And there's lots of things that are important that we talk about with insecurities because insecurities can help you forward your life when you identify them. And insecurities can also thwart you or stop you from amazing things. So regardless of where you are on the topic of insecurities, we're going to dive in because I'm going to give you some ideas about ways to be more effective in dealing with insecurities. So what am I going to cover today in this podcast? Well, I'm going to cover a general definition of insecurity, so we have the lay of the land. I am going to cover what causes insecurities, or at least many of the common causes. I'm going to discuss how normal (laughs) insecurities are. I'm going to give you a work example, so a professional example, and I'm going to give you a personal example of dealing with insecurities. I am going to talk about love and romantic and platonic friendships with respect to insecurities. I am going to give you some suggestions and some then takeaways. So if you happen to be new to my content and my podcast, uh, please visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com because I, I love giveaways and I have a current giveaway you can enter. Now, What is very important for you to understand is that I am not a medical professional, I am not a therapist in any way, and none of this podcast or any of my other content is to be construed or considered to be medical or therapy advice in any way. So that's my disclaimer. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you feel hopeless or you're thinking about committing suicide or harming yourself, I'm asking you to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. I'm asking you to do that because there is help available and people will help you. It might not be the people you want to help you, but you just take the help because it's available. Now, I want to get get us all on the same page for a definition of insecurity. And there's several (laughs) definitions. So one definition of insecurity is the state of being insecure or unsafe. It's a liability to give way, be lost or become unsafe or fraught with danger. 
it's a lack of assurance or a lack of confidence, especially in regard to one's safety. Apprehensiveness of change, loss, or damage. And it also synonyms are doubt and uncertainty. So another definition of insecure, so that was insecurity. Insecure is not sure or certain. Doubtful, inadequately guarded or protected, unsafe and unsteady. So that's insecurity and insecure. Now the American Psychological Association definition of insecurity as a noun is as follows. A feeling of inadequacy, lack of self-confidence or inability to cope accompanied by general uncertainty and anxiety about one's goals, abilities, or relationships with others. So, uh, so I want to distinguish insecurity from fear. Now, insecurities are typically said to be rooted in fear, and I agree with that. Fear, however, is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. So I've done a podcast on dealing with fear, and I think insecurities are more self, they're more subtle, and they're they're important to distinguish from fear. So I'm taking this podcast on dealing with insecurities as different from, from a fear. So that's that's where we're going with this. And so now you have, it's kind of like unsteady, you know, I think this, the American Psychological Association, Association definition of like a feeling of inadequacy, lack of self-confidence, or a general uncertainty or anxiety about your abilities or goals or relationships with others. All right. So what causes insecurities? So insecurities are very common, but what causes them? Well, I have a list of I have a list of 15 things here, and this is not the all end all be all list. This is a a good list, at, but there are more things than what I'm covering. So number one, past experiences in your life can cause insecurities. Lack of skills or experience in a given area. Low self-esteem mistreatment or abuse can or bullying can cause insecurities negative thinking can either contribute or exacerbate insecurities lack of self-awareness or having low self-awareness low emotional abilities excessive worrying brooding ruminating can also exacerbate insecurities perfectionism or trying to be perfect, some failure in the past or in the recent failure, being abandoned in the past or more recently, comparing yourself to others, unhealed wounds, irrational thinking or cognitive distortion, and not being well-loved in life. So that's 15 things that can either, either cause or contribute to insecurities. So I got to tell you, insecurities, you want to have that, that insecurities are normal. They're not a bad thing. And when you don't identify them and you don't deal with them, 
that can cause bad things, but having insecurities is not an, in and of itself a bad thing at all. And I'm going to give you a professional example where, you know, the identification of your insecurities can be helpful. All right, so I think insecurities can be kind of a warning sign or a warning signal that something is changing or something is about to change or there could be danger. So so it's a, like, pay attention to me. Now, if you're not self-aware, you might totally miss that an insecurity is popping up. So there's a real powerful another reason to be self-aware. And insecurities can show up anywhere that people are, anywhere that you are like in relationships, in jobs, in friendships, in intimate relationships, in organizations, anywhere you are or anywhere other people are, insecurities can show up. They're very common. And it's just powerful to embrace the fact that there's nothing wrong with you if you have them. Now, if you have low self-esteem or you tend towards negative thinking or brooding or rumination or overthinking, those can really ramp up insecurities unnecessarily, as can having a cognitive distortion. Now, a cognitive distortion is really just a form of irrational thinking. I have a whole podcast on that, because when you're thinking irrationally, you're not looking at life through a, an accurate lens or an accurate filter. You're looking at life through a distorted lens or a distorted filter which is why it can contribute to feelings of insecurities. So insecurities are normal. And what you want to do is kind of pay attention and deal with them when they come up. So because they really can thwart your goals, your life, love, friendships, etc. So I'm going to give you two examples, which I think will drive the point home about having them and also drive home some ideas about dealing with them. So the first one is a work example from when I worked for Xerox ages ago, and there's several layers to it. So uh, so when I was working for Xerox, a job came up to a new job to launch the Xerox desktop 4045 laser printer. Now I had been, uh, I was a fairly fairly new sales rep for Xerox, but I had been approached by the manager of the systems division as, as a good candidate. And, uh, I talked to my current manager in the reaper graphic copier end. And here I had a lot of insecurities about the position that they were asking me to consider. Well, number one, I was young. Number two, I didn't have a lot of sales experience. Number three, it was a brand new product for Xerox. Xerox had been in the laser printing, high-end laser printing, but not the desktop kind of small business, regular business end. And the copier sales reps were very clear. They had no intention of selling a laser printer. So there were lots of layers about issues with changing jobs and taking a new position to launch the desktop laser printer. So, and of course, one of my issues was that as a sales rep, I was going to be stack, rank, stack ranked. Well, when you're in sales, it's all about your stack ranking, right? Well, it's not all about that, but it, that is a big, big part. 
uh, I was going to be stack ranked against the other sales reps who had been in the job all year, had all, had all the training. I was being offered to change into this position with basically what would be three months left in, in, the, in the calendar year to create all kinds of sales in three months. But I was going to be stack ranked against everyone who'd been in the job all year. So there's not going to be any waiting to the stack ranking. And so I had all these concerns, which, uh, you know, gave rise to insecurities, which I voiced to actually, you know, both of the managers, the one I was working for and the one who I would work for if I took the job. And, and it was amazing because, of course, it was reasonable that I would have some insecurities because Xerox had not been in the desktop laser printer market. It was a brand new market. We didn't know if they would be successful or fail or whatnot. And so there was risk. And anyway, the bottom line was both managers said, if it doesn't work out, you know, do the best. You, if you're going to do it, do the best you can. And if it doesn't work out, I'll find a job for you. So I had two managers, my current one and the one I would work for if I took it, saying, don't worry, if it doesn't work out, we'll find a place for you. We'll find a job for you. And, and, the, and so I did take the job and my new manager... By the way, both of these managers I'm still in touch with are the, like, the best managers in the world. Love them. Uh, my new manager said, listen, you don't have to worry, Lisa, because nobody expects anything from you. Nobody expects you to do anything. The training's all been done. We are going to send you to Leesburg for a couple of weeks uh, before your, the three months start. Uh, but like the training's all been done. Everything's been done. Everyone else has been prospecting for sales all year. You're going to have three months Nobody expects diddly, so don't worry. And so I brought my insecurities, all of them. I've mentioned many of them, but there were probably a few more um, in terms of, you know, resources and support since I knew the reps, the copier reps did not want to sell the product. That was a big concern. Um, I brought them all to the table and we had frank conversations about it, which then gave way to me for me to be able to make a decision based on dealing with those insecurities. They're reasonable insecurities. They were appropriate insecurities. And the the end of that story is I did take the job, even though I was going to be stack ranked against people who had been in the field, most of them not 12 months. So there was, I think, one or two people who were in the field for nine months. And unbelievably, even though nobody expected anything, I did rank third in the region out of nine or 12 people with three months in the territory. So people were elated, shocked, very shocked. And our launch was considered one of the best in the regions, according to the product manager who basically told me, I don't know where you learned how to do that because you missed the launch training, but this was the best launch I've ever seen and probably will ever see. So giving way to insecurities in a professional setting can give you information, it can give you reassurance, and it's very, very powerful and very helpful, which I've done many times in my career, because if you're, you know, going to going to deal with them, you want to deal with them effectively. So that's that's a professional example. Now I want to give you a platonic friend example because this whole business of insecurities, they literally show up everywhere, people. They do. And you want to be able to deal with them. So eons ago, and I do mean eons ago, I was working to arrange a shore trip with a bunch of my friends. 
And, you know, when you have a bunch of friends and people are working and they have families, you know, it's hard to coordinate a weekend getaway. It's just hard because people have weddings or they have whatever, they have commitments. So I emailed people, I had called people, I had started a little spreadsheet to try to figure out when we could do it and, and things were just not working. So we didn't do anything. And then on my birthday, I went to visit one of the girls who was I was trying to include in this trip. And she tells me quite to my shock that they they went on the short trip without me on a weekend I could have gone. So it was extremely shocking. I mean, it was, I'm not good at shock, by the way. I'm really good with my emotions. Shock is my weakest emotion. <clears throat> I've gotten better at it over the years. Now I mostly say, okay, well, you really shocked me, so I need some time to think about that because I'm not really sure what to say. But at that point, I at least had my wits about me to say, well, how did that happen? Like, I was working on planning the short trip. How did it happen without me? Oh, it was last minute. Oh, it was just kind of unplanned, blah, blah, blah. So, so I have this visit with this friend and, uh, then I have an hour and a half drive home. And so I called another friend who knew this friend and I said, I need coaching. I need coaching. I need your assessment of, of a situation. Give me what you think. And so I got coaching, which was helpful because sometimes, you know, you could take things too personally or, you know, you might not have the right perspective. So sometimes it's really valuable to get coaching. It was especially valuable that this girl I went to coaching for knew the players. So I got home after having gotten some really excellent coaching and I thought about it and then I sent my friends an email. It was a short email and it wasn't blaming and it wasn't making them wrong. I basically said in the email, I'm a little bit more than shocked that you went on the short trip without me. I'm feeling excluded. I'm looking to understand how did that happen without me knowing. Is there something that I've done that upset you that I'm not aware of? Did something happen that I'm not aware of? And I also want to mention that I, it's brought up some of my personal insecurities, blah, 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 that I mentioned the personal insecurities. So I'm just looking for input. And it was, I mean, it was very short, but it was definitely not, it wasn't blaming them. It wasn't all like, oh, I'm so hurt. And no, it was just very direct, very clean and very straight, which by the way, I, I don't remember because it was too long ago. This was forever ago. I might have called my friend back for coaching to read the email to her because I've been known to do that because you want to, you know, if you're communicating to try to sort things out, you want to get good coaching and sometimes someone will say, oh, I might not use that word that might, you know, that might make them feel bad or whatnot. So I might have done that, but I don't remember. Anyway, send the email and here's the post debrief of the four ladies that the email went to. Three of them called me immediately. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. We were told you you weren't available. Oh my gosh, of course you would be feeling that way. I'm so sorry. You know, love you to peace, blah, blah, blah. Now the person who actually organized the trip behind my back, hijacked the trip I was planning, basically, didn't call for a week, 
And when she did call, she was livid and furious that I had sent out an email basically outing her for organizing a trip behind my back. So that was very telling. So giving verbal language, giving voice, I'm talking about giving voice to your insecurities, can help you solve them, sort them out, and it can, and, and it can give other people information. Like three of these ladies had no idea that I wasn't invited or I was intentionally excluded from the trip, so they found that out. And they were able to, of course, they wanted to reassure me and, and help me with my insecurities because they love me. Now, the other person, well, we remained friends for a little while, but she was she was then on the um, watch list to see how she behaved. Oh, yeah, that was really her number. You know, jealousy, envy, whatever. So, of course, we're not friends anymore. But I think you can see that giving voice to your insecurities can be very powerful. And then, of course, I'm a big fan of dealing with problems head on. Like, there was no big drama about this incident. I mean, it was hurtful. Of course it was hurtful. But, you know, it's like seek first to be understood and then to understand. Or seek first to understand and then to be understood. You know, so I was looking for information. So you want to be awake and aware to what your insecurities are because they can be very helpful. I hope I think that should make it perfectly clear. Now, so that's an example of my there were platonic friends and you, you get the gist of that. And yes, like there are people who you've been really good friends with who will finally show their true colors after a long time and they're not good colors. I mean, who hasn't been burned in a friendship? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully you guys haven't, but I've had that several occasions. So in platonic relationships and love relationships are where insecurities are probably more common. Although I've, I've mentioned the professional ones. I mean, like, listen, you know, there are certain things I don't, I know I don't know how to fix a car. So of course, if I had a job where I had to work on a car, I'd feel insecure because I don't have the skills. And the thing about love and friendship, like those things kind of, you get closer to people things become more, you become more richly related, and so things can surface. But you want to be able to identify what's going on. You want to be able to feel safe in your relationships with people. And so, you know, you want to be able to deal with insecurities. So that's that. All right. So I've got some suggestions. So Hopefully, the two examples were powerful. But you want to get to the point in life where you can be authentic and real. Because it's rich. It's very powerful. It's very freeing. It's, it's amazing. It is just simply amazing. And part of that, then, is to be able to embrace your insecurities or at least deal with them embrace your imperfections, not have to try to be perfect. I mean, that's got to be a very, very heavy weight to try to be perfect. And I will tell you that I haven't been trying to be perfect ever that I know of. And in fact, yes, I wore my headgear to junior high school knowing that people would tease me and because I just didn't give two hoots. 
yes, the kind that went over your head, around the side, around the back. It wasn't like one of those simple, you know, less uh, less obvious ones that just went around the back of your neck. Now this went over the top of my head. And I wore it to school because I wanted to get those darn braces off as fast as possible. And I really didn't care what people said. And besides, the guys were barking at me anyway because I was not very attractive. So if they're already barking at you because you're not attractive, well, what the hell? Throw on a headgear and make it even worse. I know. I did I did do that. I know. I know. Can you believe that? Well, I think I'm kind of proud that I could not care that much at that age. So... The first focus is to be able for you to be able to be real and authentic. And the second thing is to start focusing on what you want in life and what you want to get out of life and how you want your life to go, because that will cause a shift in what you're focusing on. If you're up to having this amazing life and it could just be, you know, finding the love of your life or it could be getting your marriage sorted out, or it could be getting out of a marriage, it could be whatever. I mean, I don't know what that is for you. You know, if you're young, maybe you want to get married and have children, or maybe you want to have children without getting, I mean, like, I don't know what it is for you. But when you make that your focus, things will start to sort themselves out. Because you're either going to be powerfully creating your life, or you're just going to be caught in the drift of life. So when you're dealing with insecurities, it's powerful to be up to something that would make you happy. That's just powerful. So for dealing with insecurities, you want to give voice to them. You want to give a name to them. You want to be able to say, this is what I'm, I'm, I have some insecurities. Now you don't have to label them as insecurities. You could say I have some concerns. Like when I went with my two managers at Xerox, I said, well, I've got some pretty serious concerns. So I want to talk to you about them so we can kind of flush it out. They were my insecurities. I can't say whether I called them insecurities, but they were certainly reasonable concerns. And yes, they were insecurities because professionally I had done well, even though I was young. I mean, I was the youngest person in that job coming in in the third position with no one expecting anything. Um, so of course I had some concerns. So you want to start to identify what are your insecurities or what are your concerns and you want to be able to have a conversation with someone that is safe someone that you trust a trusted confidant to be able to kind of sort things out I mean listen I mean I'm really good at sorting things out by myself but that's been a long practice to get to that stage and prior to being at that stage you know, I would have people I would call and say, hey, I'm calling you for coaching. And they would put their coaching hat on and say, okay, what? And oh, by the way, um, my kids also coached me when they were young. Oh, I wish I had videotapes of that. I, I don't know if they remember that or not, but they were really actually excellent coaches. I mean, they were young. Um, but you want to get somebody's perspective that's not yours. Now, you want to get somebody's perspective who you trust and who's reasonable, not some kind of tyrant or know-it-all, but, you know, and if you don't have anyone you can talk to, that's a big signal that it's time for you to start making friends. And you want to put that as number one on your list. Of course, you want to make good friends. And like I said, from the example, sometimes you're going to know someone for a very, very long time before their true colors come out. 
And yes, I gave, I always give people the benefit of the doubt over and over and over again. And then eventually I go, hmm, yeah, not for me. So you want to, you know, and if you don't have anyone, why, you know, you're going to put making friends on your list, but you could go talk to a priest or a nun, or you, you could find, you know, a guidance counselor if you're in school, like you could find somebody. And sometimes, actually, sometimes the perfect people to talk to are strangers because they're, they have no skin in the game. They don't know you. And sometimes strangers will give you the best advice. So you could, you could also do that, but you want to find somebody to talk to. Now, you also want to make sure that your thinking is rational. Now, I know I'm a rational thinker, but I will occasionally, as I mentioned, go ask someone for coaching because I want a different perspective. I want to make sure I've given everybody the reasonable benefit of the doubt and I didn't miss something and, you know, that my thinking is clear and my thinking is grounded in reality. So you do want to make sure that your thinking is rational. And don't worry if you have a cognitive distortion or you figure out you're not completely rational. It's not a big deal. You can fix that. You can change that. Trust me. I have a whole podcast about cognitive distortions. But you want to make sure if you're dealing with insecurities that you're being rational. Because sometimes, like if you have really low self-esteem, you're insecurities may really be your low self-esteem talking like it could be your irrational thinking talking it could be your low self-esteem talking it could be it could be something else so you want to have a conversation and you want to kind of flush things out well is it rational well like look I'm sure one of these days, one of these weeks, one of these months, this year, I'm going to have this amazing man in my life. I'm sure of it. And that has lots of insecurities for me because, you know, my last intimate partner told me I was unattractive, ugly, blah, 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 nasty, nasty stuff. And I know those things aren't true, but those are like, you know, I've got some insecurities in the area of of my body and my appearance because someone was so nasty. Like, of course I would have some insecurities. That's reasonable. And, you know, whoever shows up, whatever, some amazing man's going to show up, he's going to be perfect for me. And, and everything will be great. Like, I know everything will be great because I know how to create things. <laughs> I know that the universe is going to send the perfect man. But of course I have insecurities. That's reasonable. Some intimate partner tells you the nastiest stuff that would make a, make you have a few little insecurities. So you want to give rise voice to what's going on. You want to get coaching if you need coaching and sometimes you will and sometimes you won't and make sure your thinking is rational and then you're going to have to make a decision like what's at stake because sometimes when insecurities come up then, you know, like you have to make a decision. Like with the shore trip, I had to decide, was I going to just pretend nothing happened uh, and, you know, be upset? Or was I going to find out what happened? Like, what was I going to do? I mean, I could have done nothing. Well, I'm not the kind of person that does nothing, but I could have done nothing. But so at some point, you're going to probably... If, if something's going on, you're going to need to make a decision. And what's helpful is to know what can be won or what can be lost. Well, these were good friends of mine. So 
what could be won would be continuing, you know, healthy, good friendships. And what could be lost would be figuring out that, well, they really weren't that good of friends or they really didn't care about me or I had done something that I didn't know about. So what does your heart want? Like, it's always valuable to know what your heart wants, but you're going to have to figure out what's at stake and whether an action is appropriate or not appropriate. And I think what's important to say at this point before I give some additional suggestions is that, you know, the right people will always come into your life, in my opinion. And, and sometimes you have to shed people because they're not very nice to you, as we saw in my personal example. And uh, we've, we've had lots of nice, not people, people who were not nice to me in my life. I know How about that. And, but the right people are going to want to reassure you. The right people are not going to want to poke around at your insecurities and make you jealous or drive up you feeling insecure or, or anxious or jealous. I mean, good people don't do that. Now, good people sometimes do that accidentally or because we all make mistakes. I'm, that's why I give people so many chances because, you know, we all make mistakes. So you want to have compassion for that. So. There you have it. People will sometimes accidentally drive up or poke around at your insecurities. And when that happens, you want to give language to it. And you want to say, hey, you know, when uh, you flip off that computer screen, every time I walk in the room, that really nags at my insecurities. And, and you know why. So can we talk about it? You're going to have adult conversations about these things. All right. So I have a couple additional suggestions for you to help you be more effective in dealing with insecurity. So number one, as I mentioned before, this is going to help you not only with insecurities, this is going to help you in every area of your life, which is number one, you want to make sure you have rational thinking. It's really important because otherwise you're looking at life through the mirror of a carnival funhouse and everything is distorted. And that is no kind of life for you. So make sure you've got rational thinking on the table. Number two, please don't beat yourself up for having insecurities. They are normal. They are natural. There's nothing wrong with them. Yes, if you have too many or they completely disable you, then yeah, that's a problem. So you're going to have to deal with that. And there are people who are paranoid or have, you know, over the top insecurities. So you've got to get in and you've got to deal with them. But regular kind of run of the mill insecurities are normal and natural. So you don't want to beat yourself up for having them, but you want to effectively deal with them. Number three, Self-care, self-care, self-care. Well, I'm a diehard fan of self-care because it helps you feel good. What we're talking about is insecurities. The more you take care of yourself, the more you grow and develop, the more you know yourself, the more secure you're going to feel, the better you're going to feel about yourself. Self-care should be part of your daily living every day. I mean, listen, I put, I don't wear much makeup. I wear eyeliner and uh, mascara, <laughs> but I put it on every day after I take my shower because it makes me feel good and it makes me look like I normally look. And that's what I do because it's part of my self-care, like going for a walk every day. So next, my next suggestion, number four, is to tame your inner critic. Now, 
everyone has an inner critic which can be tamed over time. And I talked briefly about that in my podcast on self-care and self-compassion. If you have really healthy self-esteem, you will still have an inner critic which has to be tamed. But inner critic's job is to say nasty things to you. So, of course, that would feed insecurities. So tame your inner critic because that feels amazing. Number five. Set some amazing goals for your life that inspire you, that make you happy. They don't have to be big goals. It could be a short trip. <laughs> well, it could be, hey, listen, I still have gone to the shore. I don't, I don't hold any bad karma about that. I mean, I may not be friends with that one person, but like, thank God I figured it out after so many years. Um, but have some goals for yourself that would make you happy. Like, focusing on happiness is amazing. Next, I hope you're going to get on the road to growth and development because growth and development is where you deal with life. You grow skills, you grow abilities, you learn about yourself, and growth and development is the access to love, it's the access to happiness, it's the access to healing wounds, it's the access to all the good stuff, I promise you. Now, then my next suggestion is that you build a team because you want to take people with you. Listen, years ago when my kids were little, they wouldn't ride the amusement park rides together. They would all get in a car by themselves. So I was not happy about that because, of course, I'm, I'm the queen and fan of teamwork. Team, team, team. I do everything in team. So after this one ride I took the kids I said okay now you're not getting on the next ride we're just going to watch we're going to watch the people in this ride that you were just on and I'm going to point out the people who are in the car the amusement park car by themselves and I'm going to point out the people who are in the car with other people and look at the difference because the people who are in the ride car with other people they're having more fun look watch so we did that now, these, my kids were young at the time, and they were like, oh, wow, oh, yeah, wow, oh, wow, because you could see the people who were in a car with other people were having more fun. So the lesson is always that it's always more fun to do life with other people. Of course, after that, by the way, my kids start, started riding in the rides with each other, so... <laughs> And hopefully they learned that lesson. We'll see. I think they did. But yes, you want to take people with you because there's almost no one who wouldn't benefit from growth and development or more happiness or more love or more good stuff. Like the world needs this. So you want to build a team. And if you don't know anybody to put on your team, that's just all the more reason to make new friends and say, hey, you can put it on social media. Hey, I'm going to start a trek to happiness. Who wants to go with me? And then you just create a team with people you don't know. Of course, you have to be safe, you know, like there are bad people out there. My next suggestion, number eight, is that you have a reward system. I have talked about this in lots of my podcasts. I have an article on Newsweek.com that's about uh, leveling up like gamers do, which talks about the reward system. I'm a diehard fan of a reward system because life is hard. Life is hard. And if your life hasn't been hard, I'm happy for you. Like, I'm like elated for you if you haven't had a hard life. But most people find that life is hard. 
So why not reward yourself for progress? I just don't know why you wouldn't want to get fun rewards. So, and, and by the way, I'm probably going to do a podcast on a reward system because it seems to be as much as I've talked about it, maybe I need to talk about it a little bit more. So that's on the docket, but I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. We'll see. Next, I recommend that you get to work on building your self-esteem. And you can do this by putting yourself on the road to growth and development. Listen, low self-esteem does not feel good to you and you know it. And it causes problems for you in your life, whether you know it or not. So get on the road to growth and development. And it's a byproduct that can help you build your self-esteem. And lastly, my last suggestion is is to have a crazy amount of fun and play in your life. Yes, I'm a fan of that too. Why? Because life is hard. Why would you not want to play every chance you get. I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. I do that. I do that at work. Oh yeah. Speaking of of the Xerox launch. Yeah. I I brought fun and play to the launch because of course I'd missed the training. So I had no idea what Xerox Xerox's plan for the 4045 desktop launch was because I missed it. So I just made up my own and I had these amazing fun handouts that went out to all the reps with these really cool graphics so that when they pulled their mail out of their mailbox, they would be like, oh, like, cause it looked really cool. And in fact, it looked so cool that the other staff that were involved in the launch started rooting through the mailboxes to read the mail I was putting out. Cause that rumor was, it was like the best mail ever. Well, part of that was graphics. And I created this whole teaser and prizes and scoured the branch for prizes. And I made the launch a lot of fun. Candy, prizes. It was so much fun. It really was fun. And everyone was excited. Which, of course, is why it was different than the other launches. Because I, I didn't get the Xerox. I didn't get the Xerox memo on how a launch was supposed to be. So I made it very fun and very playful. At work, yes, and it worked great. Obviously, it worked great. Look, I came in third with three months in the job. That's like amazing. So you want to bring play and fun into your life everywhere you can. It will help you feel better, and it's like way more fun. All right, so here's my takeaways on dealing with insecurities. One, you want to understand they're just reasonable. Like it's okay. There's nothing wrong with you for having insecurities. And number two, it's time to realize that you can deal with insecurities and you probably would be best to deal with insecurities because they can stop you or thwart you or change your life completely. I mean, I wouldn't have taken the job launching the desktop laser printer if I hadn't dealt with my insecurities. And lastly, it's time to build a team to go on this amazing journey, make it fun with parties and rewards and prizes, because like, why not? My call to action is that you get on the road to have your life be amazing and that you share this podcast so other people can start to think about the fact that it's okay that they feel insecure now and then or about this or that. Okay, that's all for now. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 88, Dealing with Insecurities. 
I definitely hope you're going to get on the road to growth and development so you can be your authentic and real self and deal with insecurities effectively. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to get the new ones automatically because of course you won't want to miss one and share this podcast with the people you love and the people you care about. You can also visit me at my website at www.lisaalundy.com to enter my current giveaway. I love you. I appreciate you. Hang in there for now.